88.9 is KWXE Grove, Oklahoma. Christian Talk Radio. Hello, this is Sharon Hoskins in Studio B with Janie Ratzliff. We want to thank you for joining us today for the Proverbs 3130 Woman to Woman Show. Well, Janie, today our topic is encourage without wounding. Ouch. (laughs) Yes. I think we can all relate to this topic on one end of it or the other. Amen. We have either... Uh, we've either been that person that has offended uh, with the best intentions of trying to encourage, or we have been uh, uh, wounded by someone who has had the, an attempt to try to encourage us. They may have had a good heart. They may have had the best of intent, <laughs> but the Lord tells us to be prepared. And so today, let's just discuss what it takes to be prepared to be a mentor and then to really I think it would be good if you would just maybe start us off with giving a definition of the wounded uh, that can be wounded by God's people, even when they're wanting to serve and yet somehow they uh, fail or flub, Mm -hmm. not even realizing it. And then they have serious consequences. Well, I don't know if there's um, actually one definition that we can uh, discuss that that is a, a complete definition. But we can talk about how um, we have babes in Christ who uh, don't don't know where they are to serve and and they're feeling their way around the church and working in different areas and how they can be discouraged by our uh, best intention correction on how they didn't do it right. And um, there are those who don't know the Lord, who, um, who maybe want to know the Lord. They come to church, so we assume they know the Lord mm-hmm. And, and we um, tell them that they're not dressed right, or we look at them uh, with condemning eyes, or uh, we want to uh, tell them how to be a Christian, uh, how Christianity works, or and, and those sorts of things. So we have a, a wide variety. You also have those that are in ministry who are uh, a accused and and hurt Mm, by those they try to minister to um because you know we we look at ministers and and pastors and teachers with uh different kind of eyes we look at them as as if they are perfect and they're not human and they you know should should be above yes they should be above reproach but they still uh, they still deal with the flesh. They still ha- battle that just as we do. And, you know, we probably right now should just give a, a, a slight, uh, not interpretation, but explanation of the word flesh. 
For some people, flesh would think uh, my skin. Mm-hmm. And yet we know that scriptures teach us that flesh is really the evidence of selfishness in our life that we were born with mm-hmm. because of the great little scene in the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve being passed down. And so our flesh can be our selfishness, whether it's selfish ambition, we want to be self-righteous. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may be something more of a tearjerker where you've got bitterness and woundedness and anger and shame that can't be talked about Mm -hmm. and guilt that drives them day and night to where they never feel uh, or believe that they are accepted in the beloved. Right. And so um, why don't we start off today with maybe just a a couple of scriptures because we are the scripture girls, right? Yeah. And there's no there's no words that we can share from our mouths that will Uh, bring life that will bring you hope but scripture does because it is life and it it is god's love letter and it is god in printed page and uh, we thank and praise him for that Uh, i was drawn this week to um uh knowing that my confidence uh has to be secure uh in isaiah it tells us that in quietness and confidence shall be your strength and then it says, and then you would not. Mm. You went back down to Egypt and started looking for the iron chariots. So how important, <clears throat> pardon me, it is to be in quietness and confidence. And so Psalms one thirty nine twenty three says, search and know my heart. Well, God knows everything about our heart. But as he searches our heart, he reveals to us what's needing to change or lack and lacking in our heart what we've got hidden in the corner in the darkness that's right in that closet where we've got the key and we've thrown away the key and then he says test my thoughts and i was uh commenting to you today that uh it was necessary this week to kind of drain the brain i love that uh there were just so many things that were accumulating Mm -hmm. and having listened to scientists i guess you can never think too much as far as the capacity for the brain and what it is to hold but you can certainly fill it with junk mm-hmm. that is going to cause it some problems um, we don't really realize that every thought that we have has an emotion and an emotion actually is composed of matter Uh, I'm not going to get into Einstein's theory because I couldn't explain it if I wanted to, (laughs) but I do know the concept of it. And so emotions can literally hold space as molecules in your body, and that can cause us some physical ailments, ailments, yes, and and, uh, poor thinking and put us into a bondage of pain. And poor thinking makes poor decisions and... And the wrong thinking also then does not program the conscience because the conscience must be programmed through the word of God if it's going to function for us correctly. And sometime this month, it would be neat to get in and really do a more detailed study on the different kinds of the consciences, the conscience that we can have. It's very, very informative in how if our conscience is working right as a radar system, mm. then when it goes beep. Uh, that says, "Uh uh-oh, I just said something, thought something, did something that is not pleasing to the Father God, and then 
I right then and there can confess and correct it, and then my conscience is clear, and I haven't compiled that gunk as molecules in my brain that needs to be drained, or if I keep holding on to them, then they go find themselves in some place of the body to hibernate and then cause us physical problems. And there's a neat verse in uh, 3 John, and that's not 1 John 3. I keep going to saying <laughs> 1 John 3. This is 3 John, uh-huh. one little page. Uh-huh. And it says, I wish that you prosper in all things and in health as your soul prospers. And you look at that verse and people go, oh, wow, yes, this tells me that I can have good health. Well, the condition that I see is, how is my soul prospering? That's going to have a direct relation on my health and my ability to prosper in Mm -hmm. all things. And the soul can be broken down as what's in your mind, your will, and your emotions. And so many of the people that we want to encourage today, we need to let them know that we're going to be looking at some of the soul issues Uh, Mm -hmm. that can bog us down and then for the mentor that has caused offenses without knowing it Mm -hmm. we want to just say hey mentors here's some things that we've tried and we personally have messed up on so we know that we're speaking to you from life about these and one area that we have to uh, look to is is making sure that we're not using ourselves as a plumb line Yes, good you know, point. In using ourselves as as the plumb line, we are saying, you know, if you don't if you don't do Christianity this way, and if you don't grow up the way I grew up, and if you don't, you know, it, it, uh, follow these steps A, B, C, and D, um, then you know you, you need to go back to see if you're saved, or you need to go back and see, you know, where you went wrong in your relationship, you know. And so we, we when we use ourselves as as the guideline for Christianity, then that's that's the first step in, in our mess up in, of encouragement. Uh, that's a good point, because there's a saying that we used in counseling all the time. Flesh can't fix flesh. Oh, that's a good one. All right. I like that, too. And in John 3, uh, 6, it says what is born of flesh is flesh and what's born of spirit is spirit. And uh, uh Flesh will not improve. And what happens is in a lot of well-meaning churches is we lead them to the Lord and then we want to get them hooked. If you can use that. Mm-hmm. OK. Term. Term. Yeah. Thank you. And so we immediately put them into some sort of ministry to where they've not been discipled. They've not been grounded. They are not sensitive to knowing right and wrong. They're mm-hmm. not sound in their doctrine at this mm-hmm. point. Their love may be sincere for the Lord. Uh, but they haven't grown in the virtue and the knowledge uh, of the Lord and knowing how to to sustain themselves, much less anyone else. And so then they go out doing their good deeds. It's kind mm-hmm. of like when Moses uh, said, Lord, uh, we'll do Moses, we'll do God's will my way. Mm-hmm. Right. And and that's vanity. And it, it's not going to prove anything because John 15, five says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And then somebody came up to me and said, but don't you see all this activity that's going on in the church? And I said, well, I see activity. I don't know that I see productivity. Mm -hmm. 
In other words, I see a lot of busyness, but I see the same carnal traits running around the people who are wanting right. to do good. Right. So having a season of discipleship to where we learn is what we're wanting to encourage today. And that... Um, the churches would supply mentors, and, and I know we're trying in, in our little church to have a class for mentoring, yes. just how you approach people. Mm-hmm. But you need to be very careful. Um, Sharon, when we adopted, we had several children of our own, and then we adopted and fostered some. Uh, no two had the same temperament or personality or hang-ups, and you can't raise cookie-cutter Christians. Amen. And, All right. and, and that's true. And so you need to have the discernment to see if one just needs a hug and an encouraging word or if some need to get off their chest the uh, guilt mm-hmm. and the shame that maybe they haven't been able to speak about, but they carry it every waking moment. Mm-hmm. And then for you to be able to know how to gently dig into those areas that have been so painful for mm-hmm. them uh, to get them to be able to open up. And so it takes real discernment from the Holy Spirit to be able to be an effective mentor and not someone that criticizes. It would have been so easy for us just to have criticized these kids and said, hey, uh, don't you, can't you tell you're doing something wrong? But yeah. we knew the background they yeah. came out of. And look, look what we're doing for you. Look, <laughs> look, look at what you look at what we brought you out of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't you just be thankful for where you're at? That's right. Of where you been? Oh, and, and some of the logic and the reason <laughs> yeah. that was not logic or logical or reasonable that we had to deal with in tearing down some of those walls. Well, you know, um, one of the things that that we do what that we need to rethink encouragement. Encouragement is is not encouraging people to, um, you know, to this this ultimate goal of you know this perfect Christian uh, relationship with the Lord, you know, and in in you know it's ten ten miles away or you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. What we need to to learn to do is encourage people to take that next step. That's right. You know, and, and love them and encourage them to to take one little baby step at a time. And that takes time. Yes. It takes energy. Yes. It takes discernment. It takes prayer. It takes loving people beyond what you can uh, comprehend or understand. And so when we love people to take that next step, we're not loving them or encouraging them. I'm sorry encouraging them to be like me Mm. you know let's not encourage people to be like us let's encourage people to take that next step and look at what they need what is it that they need in their life not what we want to save them from sometimes we (laughs) want to to come in and be somebody's rescuer their savior their you know look at me look what i did for you and a pat on the back and what what we have to rethink our encouragement definition to be encourage those people to take that next step. And maybe that next step is salvation for some people. Maybe that next step is baptism for some people. Maybe that next step is learning to pray and read their word. And maybe for some it's that next step is going into ministry or being a better witness or, you know, being a better mom or or um, or or daughter, 
you know, a better friend, you know, encouraging them to take those next steps is what we have to to look at. The Every encouragement is a baby step, not a leap over a mountain. Amen. Well, and you said a word uh, back there in one of your spiels there that I picked up on <laughs> and Everyone, no matter what their condition, whether they've withdrawn, whether they're angry and and the different things that we can go over and over that are flesh traits, Mm -hmm. they all need acceptance. If they all had acceptance, that would be a huge step to then move on to what would be the Mm -hmm. next step. And so... The Lord just happens to have a chapter in the Bible about that. Okay, well, let's hear it. Well, and, and believe me, it's not one of the what we would call beginner books. It's not the Gospel of John. It's not the comfort of Psalms. In fact, it's one of the what we call the prison epistles that Paul wrote when he was sitting between armed guards chained to them. And he found that he was accepted in the Beloved. Uh, Ephesians 1 6 so this week I just made a little um, notes on what all we are given to help us overcome the hang-ups that have caused us to withdraw or be wounded or to walk in a weak conscience or to be faint-hearted and Sharon it's just um, it's amazing there's over 15 16 different things that use the words in Christ, by Christ, uh, in him, in the beloved, through his blood. Uh, And if you would just read the first chapter of Ephesians and meditate on that, um, I don't think you would have to necessarily go to pride, but you could say, wow, this was done for me at salvation. And these are things that cannot be removed from my position. I can't lose these things. These are mine. Uh, I've been placed in heavenly places in Christ. He chose me in him before the foundations of the world. I mean, most people can't remember me a year from now, but he chose you and I before the foundations of the world gave us a name, gave us a place of service, gave us a a calling. Mm -hmm. And then when we start to look at somebody who happens to be the God of all the universes, and if anybody wants to wonder about his greatness, get on on, on the YouTube Mm -hmm. and go look up about the stars I have watched by uh, Lou Giglio and others. Is that the God of Wonders? Well, that's one of them. Okay. That's one of them. But I was watching another one last night, and I've been a Christian 65 years, and I sat in wonder after looking at that star video of the God that we have been privileged to serve. Now, not only privileged to serve, but he picked you and I out. Two little grains on Mm -hmm. the sand of the sea, of the Mm -hmm. ocean. And he said, they're mine. And I am going to do more for them than what I did when I created a hundred million universes. And the magnitude of it, it's one of the few times that I get speechless. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So to encourage someone who is feeling like I am just a grain of sand on the sea, let me tell you, you've been handpicked 
by the most powerful force mm. that will ever be in existence from time and past. And he loves you. And he loves you with a love that, now let's explain love, Sharon, today, mm-hmm. because in our American English, we do not separate the different types of love that the Greek language gives yes. us. It's out love, love, love. And I'm going to break into my story right here and give you an illustration on this. All right. I'm going to jump from one point to another. Love. The night or the day after Peter denied Christ three times. Mm -hmm. Okay. What does the Lord do? He says he gets in a conversation with Peter and he says, Peter, do you love me? Now, stop and think how Peter must have been feeling. Yes. He just denied his God. He went right. out and wept bitterly. He's the one that says, I'll never deny uh-huh. you. I'll die for you. Well, I think there was probably some emotions and some uh, unlearned sound doctrine mm-hmm. uh, as he needed to learn um, and to learn and see the life of Christ that he was living with. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord says, um, uh, well, Peter, feed my sheep. Do you love me, Peter? Well, feed my sheep. Oh, Lord, you know I love you. Well, Peter, he asked again. Peter, do you really love me? Oh, Lord, you know I love you. Well, tend my sheep. Then the third time, the Lord says, do you love me? And Peter got grieved. And he said, Lord, you know I love you. But now here is the mystery. The Lord said, Peter, do you agapeo me? Do you love me with a love that you're willing to do with not expecting anything in return? In other words, it's a giving love. And he said, Lord, I phileo you. I have a brotherly affection for you. The Lord says again, do you agapeo me, Peter? Oh, Lord, I phileo you. The third time the Lord met Peter where he was and said, well, Peter, do you even phileo me? And that's when Peter was grieved because he knew that he lacked what the Lord had already given him. Mm. But graciously, he still ordained Peter in ministry. Peter, then go feed my sheep. Go feed my lambs. Now, isn't that a neat story? Because you don't see that when you just read uh, uh, John 21. By the way, if somebody wants to go read that, it's all in John 21. But you just see love, love, love. And Mm -hmm. you equate it with your form of love. And our form of love is uh, confusing. We have so many forms. And some some of them uh, cannot be entitled to have that word attached to them because well, love is not really what we're feeling. <laughs> no, we, we're, we're feeling anything from lust to affection mm-hmm. to uh, selfish need. Mm-hmm. And so then if we try to counsel someone or mentor someone from that lack, then we're giving them vanity. So to be able to understand what the Lord's love is, is that he says that he is going to do what's best for that person. Well, maybe, Janie, before we start um, running over to encourage somebody with our own words, maybe what we should do is stop and pray and ask God to give us his eyes, to see them through his eyes, and help us to 
share with them what they need rather than what we want to give. Because many times I think we look at people and we think we know exactly what they need and we have not a clue. And we don't have a clue. One of the safest prayers, well, it's safe, it's dangerous, but it's safe, is to pray, Father God, give me the eyes of your son as he hung on the cross Mm. dying for mankind. Now, here he is experiencing the pain of sin for the entire world from beginning to end of mankind. And what does he do in that time? He ministers. He ministers to uh, his mother. Mm-hmm. He ministers to the dying thief. Mm-hmm. So in the greatest agony, that agapeo love was... And he forgives. and he, Yeah, and he was forgiving as he was dying mm-hmm. and paying the sin debt. Mm-hmm. That's love. The cross is the greatest manifestation of love to the faint-hearted and to the weak in conscience. And so we need to be sensitive as to how we are going to minister that. And then we need, you said we need to pray before we try to help, mm-hmm. and that is essential. And Moses said in Exodus, if your presence doesn't go with me, I'm not moving yeah. because it would be futile. He's saying no matter. And the Lord says, then my presence will go with you, Moses, because you Mm -hmm. have asked for that. So no matter what your battles or the trials you face, you'll always be able to find a quiet rest and confidence in the Lord. And so if our time is about gone today, then we need to concentrate on defining who is a faint-hearted Christian that has been wounded. Who is uh, the ones that need to be upheld because they're in a Romans 14 situation. They haven't been schooled yet, mm-hmm. and they're doing the right thing, but maybe the wrong way. Yeah. But they still are wanting to serve the Lord. And, and then they get discouraged. They pull back. And then many times they get to a point, Sharon, to where we can't reach them. Right. They've been hurt so much. Yes. Right. Yes. So we want to be able to uh, to, to be able to encourage uh, Christians and non-Christians to come to know the Lord, to draw closer to the Lord. And we do that through scripture. We do that with his guidance and his presence being with us uh, through his love, none of our own. And so allowing us to um, see the, the reasons why we encourage um, w- by wounding, you know, our best intentions, we're wounding people, uh, is because we're, we maybe jumped the gun. We got ahead of God. We got, uh, this idea in our head and we go, Oh, God spoke to me and I'm going to run and go do it. You know, (laughs) I've done that before. I have wounded people with my words, Janie. Um, you know, I've not always been the best communicator and I have, I have hurt people with, words that of of what I thought was encouragement. Yes, but uh, I'm going to <laughs> encourage you as we close off the air today to tell you I've also seen you go up to people and just love them. You know that they have an empty tank mm-hmm. and it's not hi how you doing. It is outstretched arms with gentle eyes embracing someone and just 
holding them. Now, not everybody likes a hug, but very few people will refuse true love. And true love can be sensed and felt because it is Christ in you. And Sharon, I cannot contain in this vessel all of God's love. And so it's got to spill over if it's in there and Mm -hmm. I'm walking by the spirit and I'm looking to him, then it's got to spill over. Mm -hmm. And I wish we had time to even tell a couple of stories of of people who have seen the love Mm -hmm. and softened. Yes. And the hearts changed and the faces changed. The countenance changed. Yeah. Well, maybe what we can do, Janie, is uh, continue our uh, topic next week and just talking about how we can continue to uh, grow in this area of our lives as believers, as Christians, and learning different aspects of encouragement without wounding. And when we have wound, what to do then? And then to be sensitive and and for those that might be listening today, if you're battling with the guilt from abuse, Mm -hmm. if you are battling with things that have been done and are still being done Mm -hmm. and you can't get out of the trap and you say, talk to me about a loving God, I don't think so, then we need to be able to know how to minister to them from a point to where they're willing to hear when they're not about to trust God. Mm-hmm. with the lifestyle that they have been forced into. Uh-huh, right. So we need to also go back to the scriptures and uh, be flexible in how we learn to love them, that they can accept that love. Amen. Well, Janie, we are completely out of time now. And um, I just want to let you know that if you were unable to listen to this entire broadcast, you can catch it at Proverbs3130ministry.com. And you can listen, uh, click on the little line, little black line that says play and, and you can listen again and hear the whole thing. Pause and go again anytime you want. So we will hope hope to see you next week. And until then, have a blessed one.